Hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Reverie, hosted by your one and only Jujubee. If you haven't noticed, that's me. This is a podcast talking about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Snapchat, JBSU, Instagram, JBSU18, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get talking. Symphony. Welcome to my podcast, Free Reverie. Today is going to be a little bit different. Um, It is going to be sort of an interview, but it's more or less going to be knowing what a musician actually goes through um, when they piece their music together. And so tonight we actually have someone who's part um, of a band called Across the Board. Um, Her name is Jacqueline Auguste. You got it. Yay. I didn't butcher her last name. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, my friends call me Jackie, and uh, I live in Toronto, Ontario. I am a musician. I'm the lead singer of a rock band by the name of Across the Board, as you mentioned. Um, I grew up, we were talking a little bit before, and I grew up a band uh, geek as well, as you did. I also play the flute. I play oboe. <laughs> I play saxophone. I play the drums. Um, I play violin. I play cello. I play the guitars and all stringy things. You're a one-woman uh, band. <laughs> I could play. I can't play brass to save my life. Trumpets, trombones. The only thing I can play is this plastic trombone that we have, and that's <laughs> just about it. But uh, yeah, I play a lot of different instruments. I grew up in a small town in Canada, in the middle of Canada in Alberta, the province of Alberta, Mm -hmm. and there was really nothing to do. I mean, we had a movie theater. Uh, That was about it. So you always uh, were sort of doing music uh, or sports. So I was also a figure skater for many years and a skier in the winter, and in the summertime I would uh, windsurf, water ski, do all those sports. So um, all of uh, the kids in my family are musicians as a result and athletes too, Mostly because there's nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you are very talented. I would want to like water ski, do that stuff. I'm so scared. You know, Uh, it's fun to be able to do a bunch of different things. I'm like a jockey of all trades, master of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But I can hang hang with the big boys and girls. I can do that. What about jumping out of a plane? No. No? Just no. I... I, (laughs) I know, but you know what? There's just this thing. It's like, what the hell? Why? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I, so as long I as she's on land, maybe water, as long as you're I'm good. I'm on land, I'm fine. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with flying because I'm a ha- my feet are on the ground of the plane, on the floor of the plane. I'm okay with riding in boats. I just, I don't get this jumping out of the plane thing. For the adrenaline rush, mm-hmm. I really don't think I need to end my life yet. So it might be on my bucket list to do when, you know, when I'm like in my late 70s, if I still have good bones. Uh, <laughs> but right now, nah. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you have good bones. That's a good I one. Like, well, I don't want to jump out of a plane and then land and break my hips. Like, that would be crazy. 
Right, right. I don't people know, have landed wrong. Plane at seventy. They may not let you jump out of a plane at seventy. Actually, that well, would... they might. They might, as long as there's a lot of protection. So, their only thing that I would be scared of is the landing part. But I do actually want to jump out of a plane just to experience it because I'm honestly not afraid of heights. It's not an issue for me. Um, I actually love roller coasters. They are one of my favorite oh. rides. I love going upside down. Yeah. I love how fast they go. The faster, me the better. Too. Yeah. I just. I just don't trust that parachute opening or not. Right. I don't care about the height. It's just like, is that parachute really going to open? Can I please have two extra ones just in case two of them don't open? <laughs> yeah, and if yep. all of them don't, then what, what's going to happen? <laughs> I know. I'm going to fall faster than everybody else because I'm going to have armor and three parachutes and probably <laughs> like an inflatable airbag, like all with me just in case. You see me bouncing across the earth in this little basketball just so I don't hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine uh, flying out of a plane in one of those big bubbles that people, you know, walk along in at festivals? Uh -uh. Just about come out of a plane in that, and then you just bounce, bounce. bounce. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. I, I, I feel like that's more of like the claustrophobia thing. Yeah. In a way, yeah. and then on top of it, it if it's gonna pop, then what? Oh my god! But yeah. you've got your parachute. So even if it pops, it's really just like the last protection for you. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll go with that. I don't know about it. I said I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating it for sure, but I think I honestly want to do that or just do one of those um, slingshots. I'll probably do that instead. I've done that. Is those that are fun? fun. Yeah, you would like those. Okay. I think I'll probably try that like first. They're fifty dollars. They're they're fifty dollars for a ride, so they're pretty expensive for just being slingshotted. I think it depends but, on where you go too. Like if you went to yeah. um, a, a higher end park, I think it's fifty. But if you went to somewhere else, I think I've seen maybe thirty. Oh, that's maybe. not bad. Nah, nah. It's for us, it's bad if you're like bad. a teenager because that was expensive yeah. back then for me. I'm like, that's all yeah. the money I brought with me. What are you talking? I'm not doing spending one ride. Oh <laughs> Nowadays, you got to send your kid with 150 bucks to go to like a decent, um, a decent theme park. You know? Yeah, that's on top of the ticket. That's not. Exactly, the <laughs> I know. There's the ticket, and there's like you have to get like the fast pass, so you're not waiting in line for three hours, and then uh -huh. you have to have food, and the food's like. You get a burger for $20, you know, it's crazy. It was actually, um, because I was in band in high school, we actually performed in Epcot one year for my senior year. It was, it was oh, an cool. amazing um, experience. And we actually were lucky because we were performers. We got um, meal tickets. And, oh, um, yeah, so we really didn't have to pay for our food and drinks unless you wanted extra stuff. But yeah. um, it was nice because you got, like, three of them. Cool. Yeah, it, it cool. was awesome to play in Disney. I mean, it, it was oh in God. Florida. Um, yeah, but still, to We've been be to a Africa. performers, it's beautiful down there too. Yeah. I yeah. love that island where they have all the clubs. It's like they separate all the bad boys and girls from the families by throwing them on an island. <laughs> you know, it's very smart. Yeah, I like have, the country stuff. Have, yeah, I think if they're gonna have like spring fever. Uh, at Epcot, they want to keep it away from the families. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think maybe if I were to go again, I would want to try to go with a group of my friends instead of family. I've gone twice. Yeah. 
and um, one was with the band, which is high school friends, and it's different. It's a different experience for sure because you just don't know. I think it'd be good to go as an adult this time go around. Go as an adult, friends, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah, now you can drink. You can actually drink at the locations and all that stuff. So that would be fun. My husband had to carry me around from bar to bar because I had the worst shoes on. And there's this <laughs> one club there that is a moving a moving dance floor. So when you walk in, I can't remember the name of it. When you walk in the club, though, to get onto the dance floor, you kind of have to, like, be careful, go with the flow, because it's, like, moving clockwise. <laughs> oh, that had to be trippy. Goodness. Yeah, trippy, but I was always sort of, like, thinking, why would they do this in a place where people drink? Are they just asking for something for a cleanup? Them? Yeah, are they asking for a cleanup? I'm pretty sure that that's, like, written in there on the floor somewhere. So you enter at your own risk. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, so um, the band is called Across the Board. So how did you guys come up with the name? It's very interesting that you guys came up with that. Well, it's the, the band started as a YouTube band, and we were a collection of people uh, who work together and play together and just kind of jam out in the garage or at campfires. And with quite a wide sort of varied background. So we had people from ages ranging from like 12 to 65 at the beginning. And I was just thinking about even the genres of music that they all came from. Yeah, you know, yeah. our, our keys player comes from country background. Um, our current drummer is a reggae background, you know. Andy is a Pearl Jam. My husband, who's a bass player, Pearl Jam, that kind of rock era background. And me, I'm kind of like Fleetwood Mac, uh, Ooh, sort of. Phoenix. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes. You know? really That's very. Yes. And so I, was, I looked, to be honest, I looked up diversity uh, with a thesaurus and across the board came up. And I was like, that is a common term. A lot people use it in their everyday vernacular constantly, and I couldn't find any other band, rock band, with that name. So funny enough, there was one uh, jazz band called Across the Board that wasn't active. That didn't. They had a Facebook page and a website, but they weren't on iTunes or anything. And I was like, we will be the only Across the Board band on you know, in all digital stores. And I thought, you know what, that's meant to be. Mm -hmm. And it really did. It really did sum up the band at the time and still does. So you hear that group that was across the board the first time around, you guys lost your chance. That's great. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have listened to your guys's music. So, um, explain your creative process for like the lyrics and the sound. Sure. Well, um, there's a couple ways we write songs. Um, it's usually me in the early days, especially that would write by myself. And I would just take my guitar. I always write on my guitar. I would take my guitar and I come up with a chord progression that sounded cool. And then as I was playing it, um, a melody will start to develop in my head. And then there's usually a key phrase that starts to come up in my head. And that just gets developed into lyrics around that. Then after the, the usually it's a verse that's happening when I do that, then I'll find a chorus and then I'll find a bridge um, and just create the song structure that's pretty typical. Yeah. And I might try and mix it up and 
become atypical at some point if I think it would be more interesting. But some songs write themselves very quickly that way. I was um, procrastinating doing my taxes a couple of years ago, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this shouldn't be this hard, this taxes. And I wrote a song called It Shouldn't Be This Hard in mm-hmm. about minutes. So <laughs> I heard that one too. That was a good one. That was one of our last uh, um, singles off our current album, Sonic Boom. And uh, we got to play that on national TV here in Canada not too many weeks ago. So um, it's amazing what you know how things come up. But this last album, the, the, or the new album that's coming out on Friday, it's called Wild Ones. And this album was written a little bit differently. We actually had a, a retreat with our producers um, and uh, just just two of the band members, me and my husband Andy, and we went out to the to this lake and uh, we hung out and kind of cloistered ourselves away for the entire weekend and uh, we basically just wrote together so we would use music they had already jammed a little bit and brought to the table or we would make new music Mm -hmm. and then add you know um, the melody together I've still been writing the lyrics but uh, they were sort of helping with the structure and um the beat and the genre that would that was developing out of it because you could have the same chord structure for a thousand different genres um it just matters what kind of beat you put behind it and what how fast it is and what the emphasis is you know in terms of the accents and stuff so um that that was an interesting way to write uh, I, I enjoyed that so this new album wild ones uh, has many writers on it whereas the all the other music is really just me Wow. Yeah. Um, So we did speak before the podcast, um, and I just want everyone else to kind of understand what indie music is. Well, and this was a conversation we just had. We just uh, came back from the Junos, which was um, our Grammys in Canada. We went there this weekend. It wasn't too far from Toronto in in a town called London, Ontario. And at the Junos, we were talking with our producer about what does indie rock mean and what is indie music and if you look at the definition of it it traditionally originally meant independent but now everybody's independent because the way the music industry is um, you don't have to be signed by a big label to to have your music out there and to be heard so um, there's a really really strong independent artist uh, movement so indie music now doesn't make any sense. It's all watered down. It's everything again, right? right. So, the, so indie itself has now become a genre. So the indie rock genre, for example, which is what we are, is um, heavy, heavily guitar-driven. You can hear the acoustic guitar, but it's certainly plugged in. It's not an unplugged acoustic thing. There's electric there all the time, and it's driven by, you know, catchy guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. And then layered harmonic vocals, so lots of harmonies. It would be like listening to a band in a club as opposed to a stadium. So it's still fully plugged in rock feel with the kit, not like just a tambourine or something, but it's pulled back somewhat. Um, you'll hear the layered acoustic guitar, you'll hear the harmonies from, from the backing singers. Um, everything's just maybe a little more uh, vibrant as opposed to heavily driven, heavily processed. So less processed, more pure. 
That's very interesting. Um, as I've mentioned, I have never heard of indie music. Um, but I think it's just the reason maybe people are a little bit more independent is because there's so many collaborations out there. You can't identify with just rock or yeah. just this. And I think that's amazing. Um, so have you thought of collaborating like with anyone from a different style? Such we as have. like such yeah. as rap. I mean, I understand rap has a different um, mm -hmm. feel, but there's so many forms of it that I think could work with certain rock. Um, I think it just has to be done a really clever way. And I think you mm -hmm. guys have that where you guys could alternate and even actually have like indie style as well. Yeah. I, it's interesting because we've been talking about this. There's a rapper here in, um, Toronto, who's a friend of ours, his name is Eleven, Evan Eleven, and he just uh, um, broke a world record for the most consecutive number of original music videos online. Wow. You can check him out at Eleven, E-L-L-E-V-A-N Music. Uh, he did a daily music video for a year, uh, produced by our producers, and he's a rapper. And um, he just did a collaboration with another one of our uh, friends, Jessica Speciali, who's a rocker. She's even a heavier rocker than we are. And uh, it's going to come out really cool. And we've been thinking about it, too. A little, a little bridge with a rap breakdown would be super cool. There's a band called – there's two bands that come to mind that do do this. July Talk, that's a Canadian band. They do these little rap things in their songs from time to time in their rock band. Uh, also, the chain smokers do this sometimes too, just a little yeah. bit here and there, and they do a really good job of it as well. That's another Canadian band that those are both those are both labels signed big bands that tour stadiums, uh, and they do it. And it, it is like you said, it, it's it's interesting. Also, one of the songs we wrote on this new album, the song's called Calling. It's a slow ballad, rock ballad, and we've been hearing it as a reggae. Beat. So we might actually do a mashup of it as a reggae song where we just break down suddenly and switch it up and just change it up and, you know, do a little reggae breakdown and then go back to the rock one. But, uh, okay. yeah, we do lots of collaborations. We, uh, we collaborate with artists on our YouTube channel all the time. We have over 600 videos on YouTube, and we've got a series called Pick Up and Play that has about 100 videos on it, which are pretty high-level music videos where we bring in a uh, guest most of the time. Uh, for those and we learn a song that day we record it audio wise that day and we shoot a music video around it that day all oh my goodness so it's called pick up and play uh, it's always a cover it's a cover of some song that just usually came out or some song with some significance like when um the bohemian rhapsody movie came out we did a whole month of uh weekly queen covers so oh, i have to watch that and we did um um, I can't even remember now. What else do we do? Anyway, there's there's three queen covers there. My my brain is just stopped for some reason. That's okay. And you guys are so busy. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And and so um, we do collaborations with local artists, for example, when we do those often. Um, and they they come and go. Also, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook. We have a live show every Sunday, and we bring in friends, uh, different indie artists from uh, Toronto to come and do those live Facebook performances with us. They're just an acoustic performance, a guitar, a drum, you know, just vocals. We sit and chat about life, music, and play some songs. 
Um, so I think collaborating is really important, especially in this day and age of social media, because you want to tap into the other person's following. The whole, the whole thing about being an indie artist is you're building your own fan base from the ground up. Um, it, the, it's the days of being signed by a label and having them do that for you are over. Labels wait to see who the stars are based on how you know how they've already developed a fan base. That's that's become more traditional now. Yeah, um, totally. So they let they let us do all the work and then they come in and take all our music from us. <laughs> so. Oh, that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about sampling um, music, like doing a tribute? I know you've already mentioned Queen, but doing a tribute to certain bands and artists such as like Whitney Houston, like mixing some of her stuff in with just the sound. It's just that you're like, that is a clever way too of just taking some samples. Um, I know it's not necessarily like copyright or anything like that, but because well, there's uh, several it. artists who do that, who do the sampling and stuff. So Yeah, that's actually called it remixes. Um, you can do that, but you have to give them like there's there's a, a way to yeah, yeah yeah you have to do that credit for that yeah. um but it's another way to do that too other than covering where you just singing the song that they do um we on we we're just working on a song right now called Joan Jet which um we part of the chorus is actually singing Crimson and Clover which is a song that she had covered uh yeah. from another artist that had written it about a decade before and so that's something that we've definitely done before. It's been, um, it's, it's fun to do. But yeah, you have to be very careful and just make sure that you legally do everything right. There's ways to do it all. Whether you're doing a remix, you can sample music, but you have to get permission. Um, and then there's all these different kinds of rights. You have to have uh, rights to hear it on radio, rights to hear it on a podcast, rights to play it on a video. It's, it's not super easy. And they can get and they can shut you down pretty quick if you don't have the rights. They'll just take it right off. You but know, most just... of your music is um, original. It is yeah. uh, the stuff that we have on YouTube that we cover. YouTube has um, uh, deals with all the record labels, and so with if we cover a song, YouTube knows it's a cover, and then they send a copyright claim to the um, record label. So any ads that would go on those videos, all of the proceeds go to the record label, which we know. And that's fine because we're not doing it for money. When you do a cover on YouTube, it, you get, you don't get to keep any of that. And it goes to the oh, original no. artist as it should. Yeah. But, yeah that. but it just helps you build your audience. It's just for us to, to reach out and, and have more people learn about us. Okay, good. So do you guys give me permission to sample what I've heard? Just a, like 15 yeah, seconds for like Instagram and I tag you guys in it and of all course. that. Okay, because I, I want to promote you guys. Music. <laughs> yeah, I want to promote you guys as much as possible. Um, so I want to try to figure out how I'm going to mesh like the songs that he sent, just like maybe 10 seconds of this one, 10 seconds, you know, of You've only allowed a certain amount of time anyways on Instagram. But, yeah, you get, uh, you get like a, a mesh. Minute, yeah. You get a minute on the front and you get 15 seconds on the stories. But you know what they've done on Instagram is they've let the stories collapse over or fold over into another 15-second story. So if you're like Snapchat, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're allowing now. They, they used to cut you off at 15. Now they just flip you to another story. It just keeps going. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah. I want more than a story. I want people to be on my page, be like, "Oh, this is cool," and they'll like recognize like. He sent me some pictures uh, for you guys, so I'm going to see what I can do to kind of mesh everything and, of course, give Whoa. credit to uh, you guys and especially him for, think, you know, giving me the opportunity to even interview you. Um, I mean, personally, I don't like the term interview because um, I like to talk about different things. It's not just specifically interview because I feel like interviews kind of make you a little uncomfortable uh, for me. Um, yeah because you don't want to keep hearing the same thing over and over and over. So I like to be more fun with my discussions. Have yes. a chat. Just like what we're having, the, the laughing and all that. Yeah. So of and course. the person that you're uh, talking about, of course, is Michael Stover, who is our um, our uh, management in the States. Michael has um, been amazing at getting us on a lot of different people's podcasts, like yourself, uh, from varied backgrounds and varied things that are not just music. Yeah, um, I've been on. I've been talking to people who are interested in sports, lifestyle, religion. It's been really cool. He's very brilliant that way. He's very creative. So it's 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 been fun. I usually do at least one interview, almost one interview a day. I would say it's wow. cool. Yeah, well, I did. You want to market yourself. Yeah. But this is also a time that we're also a little more active because we're, we've got music coming out on Friday. So um, he's just been pushing us through a bit more, uh, a bit more widely. Um, but it's also fun. It teaches me how to talk to people and not just be stuck in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just that. You get to learn um, about other people and kind of explore yourself in a way. I Do think. You- you know, because you get, if you enter into a different, I say a different world, because each podcast is a different feel, um, you get different questions, and then you can get excited about that one thing, and maybe you might deter yourself away from the music side and actually talk about something from your childhood. Or, oh, yeah. You know. That a lot. And I know music that. music can be I... overwhelming. I'm sure at times you're like, okay, let's go do something that isn't music. <laughs> It's, and you're absolutely right. Like this weekend was about music, but we weren't playing. We were doing a little bit of networking and we were learning about other people's music and learning about how to how to meet people mm-hmm. and how to not be uncomfortable socially when you're fangirling out because you see somebody that's a big artist and you need to talk to them. And it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Just get out of your head. Go talk to them. You know, it, it's it. That was interesting. Um, and it was nice to not have to be focused on playing. We did a big album release party on Friday and then Saturday we're driving out to the Junos and it was a complete switch. Now we're, now we're learning as opposed to presenting and performing. Right. That's interesting that you say like getting excited about other people, because my next question for you is, have you ever dealt with performance, performance anxiety? Yeah, like every time I perform. Every time? <laughs> every so, single time. So has anyone been super excited the way that you get excited about other artists? Like, have there been artists out there that been excited to meet you? Uh, yes. And that's, this is a new thing. This is a brand new thing. Uh, because in the I would say a couple of years ago, uh, when we were just kind of coming onto the, the original music scene, as opposed to being a YouTube band, um you know, a lot of people didn't know us and we were reaching out to do collaborations and stuff and meeting people. And I would try and uh, find artists that were doing really well in our area. And, 
and get them involved and stuff. And then they would discover our music. And then this last show, several of them came to our show and they seemed really pumped to be there and excited and sent me little notes, thanking us, telling us we had a great show. When can we do another, another collaboration? And so this is interesting. It's kind of coming around full circle. And, and that makes me happy because that's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be supporting each other in this community of indie artists. We're supposed to be, as artists, as anybody in any field is, you should be trying to make the whole field better. You should be trying to make elevate everybody as you go um, and try and, and bring everybody along with you that has supported you in the past. I think that we should be doing that. So it's nice to see that it actually works. Yeah, you don't want to... I like when people actually help each other instead of being so competitive. Yeah. Um, There's because you're after the same thing. Yes. Same goal. And there's no room for that. You don't need to do that. There, every fan isn't just your fan. You don't get to be exclusively their fan. They, they're band. I mean, they. I am a fan of 25 bands. So there's lots of room for for people in the music industry. Yeah. There's and lots of room. You don't have to worry. The only thing is just the sheer number of shows that you play. If you play too many shows in your local area too close together, um, it's hard to get all your fans to come to all your shows. So uh -huh. uh, that's the only thing you have to be careful about. But otherwise, I like to go out and support other people and see what they're doing, meet, greet, you know, figure out you know, what, what it is that they're doing, maybe that I'm not if they're doing better than us uh, at maybe making people come up to shows. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're doing pretty good. We, we seem to be able to pack a 350 to 500-person ve uh, venue if we haven't played for a while. Um, and that's great. I mean, for small bands like us, that's, that's good in your local area. So uh, we're excited to just keep growing that way. I mean, most venues, most live music venues hold maybe 100 people. That's the average. So to get 500 people in a place, it has to be a music hall. Right. You have to start getting into the bigger venues. So that's sort of where we are right now. So when will you guys expect to travel to the States? I get asked this a lot, and, and there's a couple of problems with that. Number one, um, we need special visas to do that. Uh -huh. So we have to make, and those are expensive. So in order to do that, we have to really set up a proper tour. Number two, in order to do that, you really should be solid in your own country. So I would like to see us touring bigger venues all across my country and, and, and making sure we know how to tour properly. Like we've done it, we've gone across the country a couple of times, um, but I just wanna get better at touring and better at, at selling out those venues so that, yeah. and building up a resume so that when we do come to the States. Um, People know about know, you. We have some fans down there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not interested in going and, and driving a van around and playing in a little backwater club just for the sake of it and then sleeping in a van. We really want to take it one step past that where we can go to little pockets where we do have fans, where we know they're going to come out to our show and we, can, we know them by name and then we're able to connect with them and, and meet them in person, you know? That's really what, I, what excites me. So, that, so to answer your question, probably not for about a year as we suspect in about a year we'll be able to set up uh, an american tour and head down south yeah, um, yeah. it takes a lot of planning and stuff because you don't want to just come here once to like one state you want to be able to travel 
That's right. right. You do, you know, a couple of months and you go and do maybe three or four states and you play, you know, 15 or 20 shows. Per state or all together? No, no, like all together. Okay. I was going to say, that's a lot of shows. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) All together, you know. Okay. That's very interesting how that works because, like, the planning and stuff is kind of already told to a lot of people throughout movies. Like, they kind of mention the process of that. Um, I just didn't know how often you, like, travel, like, do you, I guess within each state, um, like, to different cities. Like, is there a maximum amount of cities to go, or is it just a venue that you can get to right away? I think it just matters um, if, if if you can have a tour where you, you're playing every night, maybe five nights in a week, um, and it's a, a, a compacted tour and you can drive in your bus between the cities easily and set up easily and you have the support structure to do it, then yeah, that would be awesome. But usually that's not the way it goes. It's like you're going to go somewhere on Thursday, somewhere Friday, somewhere on Saturday, and then you're going to travel to some other some other corridor for a few days and then do another three shows in three local cities and then travel to another corridor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sort of do little clusters of shows that way. Um, just it's easier to organize. We do that here in Canada. So last summer we did a a tour where we went out and back to different cities. We, if we had to go and stay overnight, then we would do two or three shows in that little corridor and if it was something where we could just go an hour or two away and then come back, then we would just do out and backs. And so we were traveling all over our province of Ontario last year in the summer doing that. We, we're going to do a little bit of that this summer as well. We'd like to spread it a little more east and a little more west and just slowly kind of build up the goodwill to, to go back and to a bigger crowd. Okay. Let's keep going. So discuss how you interact with and respond to fans. Well, fans are the lifeblood of a band, and you can't you can't underestimate that because right. that's the person you're singing to. That's the person who's going to buy your music. That's the person who's going to share your your posts. That's the person who's going to get really pumped. That's your word of mouth right there. So our fans are number one. Um, we have all sorts of patience for the craziest, the drunkest, the most, the most weirdest, like all the patients in the world, because it's fun to see what kind of people um, become fans. Right. And it's very wide ranging. Like it's crazy. It can be young, old, middle age, girl, boy, kid. Like it's crazy what it is. And um, we really connect with social media we try and respond and comment on all of their comments and build relationships so um that's why we do the weekly facebook live and we do an instagram live too and we see the same people come back all the time and then we get to know them a little bit they get to know us you're building relationships they share our stuff with their friends then their friends start coming back and you just continue to build your fan base and it's also interesting I mean we get to talk to people who come from uh, Argentina who come from the Ukraine from Turkey all over the states Um, we've built some really cool relationships with them Um, even some hosts of other Facebook programs and other podcasts who have us on repeatedly and regularly 
Um, and then we build relationships with their fans and their fans start coming over to our shows. So fans are like number one, like the most important thing. Right. Of course. Uh, you don't want to lose anybody. Um, so, no, no. <laughs> um, so you did mention your husband. So he is in the band with you, correct? Yes. Yeah, say hi, Andy. Hi. <laughs> hi. <Here>. <laughs> so how is it working with your husband? Um, are there any tensions or like any, I guess, um, I'm just arguments? thinking, I'm looking at him as I'm thinking. <laughs> not, really, not really. I, I think the real fact of the matter is that there's always tension. There's always tension, <laughs> but, um, it's like, I like it because, um, we have our roles. We have different roles. Andy is the best mark. Sorry. I have a bird here, a parrot, uh, African gray. <laughs> She needs to be part of the conversation always. Andy is the best marketer and ticket seller on the planet. This guy can sell ice cubes to Eskimos and fill a concert hall. Just give him the size. <laughs> so he's really good at that. Um, he's also a kick-ass bass player, and he's great on stage. He's cute, and he's a real rocker, and he loves to rock out on stage. Um, if we had a mosh pit, he'd be in it. <laughs> he could crowd surf trust me he would do it but our 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 average age of our listener is not of our audience is not 17 year old muscle man <laughs> you know it's a right. 30 year old to 35 year old mom they're not gonna grab him if he falls on them <laughs> wait until you come to the states just wait you're gonna have people wanting to carry you awesome. i guarantee it so oh that's God. why i was like if you come up with that mash of like the rock and the rap or and, and yeah. just mix it up as best you can. I guarantee you there's so many rock fans out here uh, that I know of personally too, that, that they go to almost every one of their shows like of different oh, bands. That's... So like, I, I guarantee you, you're going to get your crowd serving one way or another. I oh, guarantee I know it. on his bucket list. He needs to crowd serve. <laughs> he, he'll probably be playing the bass as he's being carried. But like, look at oh, me. Yeah. You, got, you have to get one of those drones and take a picture of it from Sky I High. Yes. I already see it in my head. Trust me. Oh, that would be but, awesome, uh, too. And then he's like, he on that drone, you can also do like Facebook live and stuff on top of it. So that's marketing in oh itself. God. There you go. Thanks I'm for that idea. I'm telling you what, I'm good at that too. Um, I come up with different ideas, but for personally for like marketing my podcast and stuff, I don't I do so well. I'm learning as I go throughout this. So yeah, I'm good with coming up with ideas. That's, that's what I'm good at. <laughs> good. That's what we need. That's what we need. Um, Andy is the no guy. So I'm the, yep, let's do it. And Andy's the no, <laughs> we aren't going to do it. So, I have to make my case to him before, because mm -hmm. I'm an idea person too, and I'm just like on the fly all the time. And he's like, mm 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 mm. And then practical. I, yeah, so I make my case to him, and then you know tell him to shut up, and then tell him to not be a no guy, and then I think about things. Um, and then if if we we're okay with it, then it'll go to the next level, which is our manager and producer Darnell, who's um, also a no guy, uh, but he's also an idea guy. If I come up with something online to do, I can do whatever I want. Yep, let's do it. If it's to play a show, it's like no backup because we make sure we play less shows that are bigger, and we don't spread ourselves too thin. Right. They'd rather see us build an online presence and play fewer shows locally um, where we can uh, you know, build up 
the resume to be able to play international shows, which makes sense to me. So whenever anybody asks us to play, I've usually always said, yeah, let's go. And they're like, no, hold up. <laughs> just wait. Don't just play for the sake of playing. Like, let's think about this. What what purpose does that serve? Is, is it you just want to play it? Fine, go do it. Is it going to do something to for, further the band or further our fan base? Or is it going to dilute our next real show, like our next show that we run? Because they just saw you last week playing there, even though that wasn't our show. And they're not going to come out to the show we want them to come out to, which is the one we're putting on personally. So I, I'm always sort of, they're always reeling me back. <laughs> I get it now. I get how you do your musical process. He says no, and you're like, you know what? And you walk away, you come up with a new song, and you're like, market this. I That's get it now. Right. I yeah. get it now. So personally, so he is your inspiration for your songs. That That's a good relationship. A yeah. <laughs> that is a, a good relationship. Of- Yes, that's it's true. The funny thing is, the first songs that I wrote were sort of all about um, breakups, uh, past nasty experiences. Like Jane on Fire is filled with, with, with lost things. That's our debut album. Yeah. The next album uh, was called Amends, and it was like f- growing up out of that. You know, what's the next stage? Then we had Sonic Boom, which was blasting forward, and now we've got Wild Ones, which is uh, the new album that's coming out on Friday, which is all about being independent and being a lone wolf, but understanding that you need a pack behind you um, and need support. So the evolution of the albums has been interesting, too. I think what a good um, another good song um, to kind of wrap up that timeline would to be like something to say along the lines of be happy with where you are and your past has come to like be where you're at like enjoy life you know don't don't regret like don't regret the past because it is kind of like that to wrap it up like that would be a really good timeline interesting on in the um on our the cd cover for our new album um i'm just looking it up because i'm going to read it to you Along those same lines, that's exactly what I wrote. I wrote the Wild Ones Manifesto. And if my uh, Word doc will open up, I can, I'm can. i going to read it to you. It says, we're calling our fans now from this album Wild Ones. So, dear Wild One, don't be afraid to take your life to the edge. The edge of excitement, the edge of passion, the edge of fantasy, the edge of being genuinely kind. Be brave and run beneath the moonlight. Be free and dance in the sun. Take the flame from those who can no longer carry it and be the one who steps out from behind the curtain to howl at the moon with abandon. Life is a journey without a rear view mirror, which is what you're saying, a process of progress and the evolution of your dreams. Fear is nothing more than an excuse for the faint of heart to avoid chasing joy and the cage that binds your creativity from busting at its seam. You are as captivating as you are unique, as exquisite as you are rare. So run with your pack and lead with the heart of a lion. Be wild, be one, be a wild one. Love, ATB. That is perfect. I like that a lot. Cool. <laughs> I really do. And you came up with that by yourself. Yeah, I wrote that. Actually, it, it was one of these things that wrote itself. I was just been pro, I was procrastinating writing that. Our, our producer was saying, I need something for the inside liner. You're going to have to write a little letter. 
Just mm-hmm. write like write a letter to, you know, the people that are going to be listening to the album. What do you want them to take out of this album? And then um, I didn't say Dear Wild One. He actually came up with that, which was pretty cool, um, as a letter. I had just had it as a paragraph from me, um, just starting it with Don't Be Afraid to Take Your Life to the Edge. And then the rest of it just kind of, I don't know. It's funny how things happen. They just flow out of me sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Right. I've had some. I've had some problems where I've had to have uh, one of our bandmates, Marty Heller, who is our keyboardist, take it and just like go away with this and bring it back to me because I'm stuck. And then he'll come back with something that uh, just suddenly inspires me to continue on. And that's what's so great about collaborative writing too. Right. But I think you have more of like a motivational side um, aspect of yourself as well. So I think another way to market um, what you guys are about is also to use the social platforms um, to kind of give off a little bit here and there of what ideas you're throwing out, such as little motivational things like you just said, um, because that is, it is motivational to say, you know, your past is where, you know, how far you've come. Uh, Don't look back. You know, all that stuff. That would also market yourself um, and kind of establish, like, this band is legit. They actually care about this. This is original. This isn't something that um, they just took from the Internet and then posted it and said, oh, I resonate with this. Um, This is something that I've come up with myself because I resonate with with it because of this this particular instance. Um, Connect with your audience a little bit more. You know, we do we do a little thing like that. We call them I call them lyric memes. So what I do on Instagram, and I haven't done this for a while because I I waiting till the new album comes out, but I did lots of them in the past year, where I take a picture, either one that I took, a picture of us performing uh, the band, or I take a picture from um, a service that I've subscribed to online. Uh, that allows me to use the the photos royalty free, um, uh, and I put a lyric, a piece of a lyric, a half a sentence, a whole sentence, a rhyme, something from the music, our music. And I just do it in a nice font and put it on top of the picture and throw that up on Instagram. And um, we've done a lot of those. If you look through our Instagram um, backlog at uh, Across the Board Band, um, you'll see those. Just scroll down a bit and you'll see lyric memes all over the place. You'll just see writing on top of a pretty picture. And that's basically what that is. Those are our own lyrics from songs, but just little snippets of them. Okay. That is clever. That is pretty clever. Um, so um, what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? Well, uh, three words, content, content, content. You got to content it up. So don't be afraid to put stuff out. Just because it's not perfect doesn't mean you don't. You should leave it in the can. You have to start somewhere. People love to see the roots. We've left all our crap up on, on YouTube. If you go down to the bottom in order to 2013 and 14, there's a lot of kind of crummy videos with not such great performance and not such great audio and video because we were learning. Right. But that's the rabbit hole. And that's where you have to start. So, you know, grab your camera on your phone. The phone cameras these days are awesome. Put it up on a little tripod or, you know, set it up on a book and start talking to your fans and your wannabe fans and would-be fans. Start telling them what you're about, whether it's music, 
whether it's your motivational person, whether it's you're talking about fitness, lifestyle, cooking, skiing, you're commentating on your favorite radio show or your favorite TV show or your favorite movie or you want to talk about um, kids, whatever, whatever it is. But if it's music, grab your guitar, your piano or just pull up a karaoke track on YouTube and do your thing. Film it and throw it up and do it often and keep throwing it up and use hashtags and start building an audience. Mm -hmm. Start interacting and interact with that audience. So when somebody likes it, you go back and you look at their stuff, comment on their stuff, like something of theirs. When somebody comments on your stuff, comment back, thank them for the comment, then go look at what they do, see if this is somebody that you know you should be following or not. And then start searching for people like yourself that you want to be, somebody who's just a little bit ahead of you, and see what they're doing, how they got from A to B, just by looking at their rabbit hole. And to just start, don't go look at Rihanna, or Beyonce, <laughs> go look at somebody who's doing what you're doing and you that you've been watching that you kind of want to emulate. Mm -hmm. And you just go to the next level, then you take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. And just like anything, it's like you're training yourself. The internet is filled with people who could give you lessons on how to do all this. Watch Gary V, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, He's got great generalized life lessons and social media marketing strategies and just that are generic. You could use them in any industry, including including um, music. But mostly you just want to emulate people who are doing what you want to do. Right. Yeah, I always, when I first started making videos and stuff like that, I had to treat um, the video as if it was my, my personal diary because yeah. I kept like, Oh, what is someone else is going to think of this? I had to get that out of my head. Like, oh, yeah. who about cares that. what other people think? This is for you and you only. When you start doing that, then then you can expand. Um, that's why someone was like, you talk a lot. And I, I, I mentioned this a lot. The only reason why I started the podcast is because someone said, you talk enough to start one. Yeah. By myself. Like, I'm listening and you're always the one talking. And I was like, because I like to. I can talk and talk and talk about anything that would be interesting that's why I love interviewing people and stuff so you know you, you gather ideas and yeah so it, it's great and that's how I did it that's cool that's cool I, I like interviewing with you or talking to you now is very easy you it flows very well you, you clearly know how to talk to people I've been <laughs> in interviews where the person had a list in front of them of questions and you could see that they they weren't really even listening to what I was saying they were just ticking off their list yeah. because if they were listening to what I was saying they would ask me a question about what I, I was giving them something that they could ask me next I was leading them into some and, and what happens is because I've done this so much I can take an interview anywhere I want it to go in somebody's hands mm -hmm. that that um, will come along with me and somebody who's rigidly reading a list of questions I, I can't help them you, know. <laughs> There's, you guys are gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, okay, next. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I don't like, and I, I've, I've stressed enough that my podcasts are never organized. And the reason for that is because I might find another question in my head yeah. to ask instead. So honestly, I've only had maybe two or three questions that I looked up prior to calling you. It wasn't organized at all. But I'm like, you know what? I could have asked one that was on this supposed list online, but I'm like, actually, I kind of want to know more about this. 
So yeah. I, I it's listen your to what, yeah, well, I listen to what you have to say. And then I'm like, man, she works with her husband. That's a good one to have to lead into after talking about the fans and stuff that, um, kind of go along with the touring aspect. Like I yeah. don't want to jump in from touring, then husband, then fans, because then it's all over the place. And that wouldn't make any sense. Like, what would be a natural conversation to have if you and I were sitting and having coffee? Our conversation would be flowing from the last. Each topic would flow from the last one. That's a regular thing. And of course, because you know we're we're marketing an album and you're marketing a podcast. Yeah, there's some things we got to touch on. Yeah. So like, I'm going to interject my album a few times because I have to because that's my brief. Well, that's fine, and I'm going to do that for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, but in the end, it's really about the conversation because if we're not having an interesting conversation, people aren't going to listen long enough to hear the points that both of us are trying to get across anyway. So, um, yeah. plus it's way more fun this way. Yeah, it is. Um, and you had a good point. Um, people are going to notice that uh, for oh, sure. Yeah. And then it's going to be kind of like, what is the point of this podcast? Yeah. It becomes you're you're just asking questions. That's why I said I don't necessarily like the word interview because it's they're not interview questions to me they're I want to get to know who you are you come from a place that I I've never been to Canada Mm. I've I've been told that I probably should go but I'm like with the same thing the visa where are you where are you I don't even know where you are (laughs) Indiana Indiana yeah yeah where the weather is amazing and that's very sarcastic because one day it'll be raining the next it'll be cold the next will be warm yeah maybe by the hour like yeah. Well, we, we were talking to, to somebody uh, from Philadelphia yesterday, and he was uh, telling me the same thing. Rainy <laughs> to sunny and balmy to just a dusting of snow, and yeah. everybody comes out, and then back to sunny, and it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Constantly sick. My son and I are very sensitive to weather change, so it's like, dang it, we just got better, you know, all yeah. this stuff, and yeah. especially for him, being as young as he is, I'm like, I'm sorry, baby, but wipe your nose, and he'll just do it. <laughs> he's, he's learning. <laughs> How old is he? About a year and a half. He oh. is growing up. We just had his um, uh, appointment today where he got uh, the next round of shots and everything like that, but um, he has grown two and three quarter inches long in a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In one yep. month. Cause the only reason why I know that is because we, uh, I had to make a separate appointment because he got so sick. Um, yeah. he, ha- he had the really bad case of the stomach flu and that was worrisome. Wow. Yeah. So in a month he's grown to in a three quarters inch, which is really fast. Especially uh, since he was sick. Yeah. That's but crazy. you would never know my son. If you've ever listened to my podcast, there's the specific episode where I talked about my pregnancy issues. My son was five weeks early and oh. seven pounds. Wow. So he was full grown, but five weeks early. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I couldn't imagine making it to term, but anyone that looked at him would he have never been 10 known. Pounds. Yeah, possibly. I didn't gain weight in seven months. Like wow. it was just all one, one time. I just remember like working one day and then the next week it was just, huh, I need help. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I have three babies and they all came out seven, seven, two, seven, four, I think. And they were, um, all to term. Um, first two were C-sections, but they weren't planned C-sections. I just didn't ever progress and 
eat with them. And then the last one, they, they scheduled a C-section just cause I hadn't, just cause I'd already had two. So, and so she was, she was born a, a week early on purpose, but, uh, they were all seven pounds too, you know, and That's that crazy. is seven pounds at five weeks early. Are you sure your dates were right? <laughs> That's what everyone's saying. But yeah, apparently they were. But um, a lot of people are, are asking that question if they were right. And I was like, I don't I don't really know. You go by whatever the doctor's telling you. So, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't even know I was pregnant because um, I found out uh, the week of my graduation uh, from college that I was pregnant. Wow. And, was, and they said I was eight weeks along. Holy well, like a month before that, I was on vacation and I drank three bottles of wine. So I'm like, huh, what? And I, I always look at Parker. Um, I'm like, Parker, baby, you are a miracle. You survived one of the, yes. I'm like, you survived the vacation that could have destroyed you. Pretty resilient. Those little fetuses. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, half the time I'm like, I hate you for the way yeah. that you're doing this. I don't hate you as a person. I have to keep telling him that. I do yeah. not hate you as a person. I hate that you're acting like this because he's at that terrible two stage and it's yeah. irritating me because um, yeah. he's learning. He is so smart. And I always thought you are too smart for your own damn good. And I'm like, yeah. you mess with me one more time because he's hitting me. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, little boys uh, are crazy. Yeah. I'm little like, boys, boys, boys is a terrible thing to say to you at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard though because um you know the good the good thing is i i think god factored all this stuff in when uh when he created the way that kids develop because in the early early days um they're very needy those first few weeks right yeah and when you've just had it you just can't do this anymore they start to smile at you <laughs> yes and then they do it they do the thing that you say no to but then at the same time you're like i really don't want to lay a hand on my kid no. And then, and then suddenly they're loving you and kissing you. It's like, oh. <laughs> My son yeah. is the sweetest. Oh. He'll, he will, uh, he'll do something that I don't like. And then I give him a spanking. He pretends to cry. And then he'll come and hug me and he'll take his hand and he'll rub the back of your shoulder. Oh. And I'm like, you sly dog. You I know. know exactly what Tell mommy you, wants. you, it's genetically <laughs> factored in. This is how they survive us. Yeah. This is how they survive us or we would kill them. <laughs> we would just do them in. Enough. Give them away. I've had it. Well, luckily, um, his dad and I are not together. Uh, not luckily. I it, Under the circumstances. But, uh. I yeah. get every other weekend away from my boy so I can actually nice. breathe. You can recharge. You can recharge. Yeah. That's well, for a while there, I didn't have that opportunity because of what had happened. It was just his dad had cheated. And oh, so, oh. yeah. And I, I can't. No. One and done. You know, I can't no. do that. And no. uh, so That's it took me a long time to accept, like, okay, you can have him. Um, because the girl, the girl that he cheated with, he, they are now together. And he... They're having a baby. And well, has... you know what? There's two oh, saving so... graces to that. Number one, <laughs> yeah. that if he's going to cheat, at least that's stuck because yeah. it would be horrible if it was just a bunch of random crap, right? Yeah. And and the second thing is, you know what? It's still his kid. Let him let him have the kid. Yeah. And and you get a break. Yeah, I had to. It's it took me a while. Boys. They're mommy's boys. They're they're that's 
never going to be. Oh no, he loves me. I know he loves me more than his daddy. It's it. That's no. That's no question. It just took me so long to accept that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I have let go a lot, and we are on better terms. Um, regarding now he's having his own kid, which is good because well, this is his third kid. Um, Okay. Yeah, so he has three baby mamas technically. Oh my god. Yeah, and he's only two years older than I am. And, he's busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but supposedly now they're gonna get married and all that. I was like, cool, good for you. You know, I'm, I'm to that point. I had my breaking point with him, and I told him, I said, I don't want our son in this negative environment. We are gonna yeah. have to settle whatever's the difference between us. You've got to stop hating me, and I have to let go. Yeah. And yeah. so once well, we actually had that conversation, that you did it. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I needed that. I needed that closure with him. Yeah. And now we're on good terms. And so it's just better it for me. It could take people a lot longer than a year and a half to do that. Huh. Well, it wasn't even a year before they moved in and he already had, a, you know, was having a baby. It wasn't even a year after we broke up. Um, but it's just, I think this was a sign that he just, he was not the right guy. And no, so, clearly. That's yeah, right. so, yeah. <laughs> but that was the right guy for the baby daddy, but yeah, it's not Yeah, well, right I guy. always tell him, I'm like, you are the inspiration for my podcast because if it wasn't for <laughs> you, I probably wouldn't have had any. That's why, you see, I'm never going to delete any podcast, any episode that I have because you see the progression oh. from when I yep. started, the hate that I had the yeah. all the trouble that I was going through and growing as a yeah. podcaster. So I want everyone to see that I'm not someone who knew exactly what to do either. I'm telling you, I was just blowing smoke in the beginning. I had so much hate. I mean, there's a segment I think hoes will be hoes is what I labeled yeah. it as. <laughs> and I, it was all about her. It was all about like sure. why other Family women think it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But I've grown, and that is where I am today. And I told him, I said, I thank you for that because it gave me a push to do something that I actually really enjoy doing. Well, so, and good for you because you're not old, clearly. I'm, I'm older I'm than you. I'm only 25. And, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like double your age almost. And, and But, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because my first two kids were with a different guy. And... Um, we broke up when same reasons and we broke up when uh, they were four and five and it took me a long time to to forgive him I'm fine now it's been forever I'm fine now but it it took a long time I was I really didn't like the the I was about your age when we broke up and I didn't like the resentment that I felt Mm -hmm. you know I felt it for so long and it was it was my problem it was just hurting me Yep. You know, I would be mad when the kids came home after having an awesome time with their dad. Um, the person he cheated on with ended up, he ended up marrying. So mm-hmm. that's, and, and she's, she's lovely and she's been a great stepmom, but it took us years to get there. Years. It'll take me probably a lot longer to accept her just because I can't stand the idea that he's with someone that did that to us. Well, and, I'm in the same position. It's really she doesn't even see it that way. I don't even think she knows that I felt that way or I don't even think she takes any responsibility for it. She probably is just like, well, it's all him or he was on the way out anyways. Yeah, uh, type thing. You know, I hate yeah. that. Yeah. And, and it's still no excuse because 
it was still sneaking around. There had to be a reason why he wasn't inviting you in the house type yeah. thing. Women, you know, women are, are really mean to each other. Yeah. Women yeah. are terrible to each other. I think men are better to each other than, you know, men have these unwritten codes. I know they cross the lines, but I think there's a little bit more restraint. I really, I, I, I'm pretty sure there is, um, but not a ton, but I think there is some. Uh, women, though, I think there's often zero restraint. There's just like, that's not my fault. You know, if your man's coming into my bed, then that's your fault and his fault. Right. They don't take any responsibility for that. And I, I really think that's the worst thing you can do as a woman is to take down another whim, woman. We're supposed to be building each other up. Right. The world's bad enough to us. I you think know. it would have been said different for her, especially if she would have um, stated, like, I I don't want to start a relationship until after things are done yeah. with you guys. Wouldn't that have been okay. better? It would, I, personally, it would have been better for me than me finding out the hard way of him telling me that he was making money by having his friend pick him up um, and all this stuff, and I just happened to look out and see her face. Like, that would have been better oh. for me if, if it, we were already broken up, moved out, and attempting to move on, rather than me just having a baby, dealing with all the stress, being the breadwinner, and now having nothing because I was trying to raise our kid. Yeah. And then having him get in a car with another woman. Like, I... That yeah. is, like, down... My, my heart broke. I felt deserve to be heartbroken that yeah. is heartbreaking yeah but i thought he was making money for the both of us and that was my son was asleep and i just felt my heart drop like i was crying so hard i i was having a panic attack yeah i and, know and yeah so i've gone over that um in my head so many times but at the same time i've i, I enjoy meditation and i just had to say what who do i deserve was he the perfect guy? Yes, I loved him very much, but I can't have someone doing that to me. And no, I'm so, glad you stood your ground too, because a lot of women they they just I don't know if it's an insecurity or a, or this hope of all hope. It's no one's fault. It's not your fault. Pain. Yeah, <laughs> it takes two to tango. Uh, I recognize the problems that I brought into the relationship, and he did as well. Meditation for me really brought the light over as to why I reacted the way I reacted in certain scenarios. So I told him that I said, you know, we, we had a thorough discussion of airing out whatever was bugging the both of us so that we yeah, can move on. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, it took me years to get to the place where you are now, the place where I am, I, I you will get to. Um, where we can have frank discussions about the kids and, and actually when, when we see each other, give each other a hug and we're fine. Like we're fine. I'm even fine with her. Um, but that, like I said, it takes a lot of water under the bridge and, and it takes other memories to erase those memories yeah. for every one of those badass memories. It takes about a hundred good ones to just cover them up, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going after my goals and stuff. So I think, you know, it's all about my son, and that's all I need to care about. I really, I care for him, uh, his daddy, but I just... It's not it's your just, responsibility no, anymore. No, it's not my burden. Thing, no, uh, the only thing that you're responsible for is to make sure that that environment is safe where your son is going. You just yeah. you have to kind of keep tabs on it. 
but uh, it's not your responsibility to what, what he feels. Like, that's done. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I suggest anyone out there that's listening that um, if this is something that you're going through, don't feel like it's your fault. I mean, like I said, it takes two to tango, but don't put all the blame on yourself as much as that person's trying to do it. My uncle did have a, have a point. If someone's um, saying it's all your fault, it's because they're guilty for what they're doing and they're trying to Project. justify okay. their reason for doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, and so responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So I've had a heart to heart with my uncle um, about that because it's happened to him too. And um, so it, it's just time to move on and focus on the kids. If you do have kids in the scenario, focus on your goals. And you know um, what you have to do? You have to, you, it's hard to forget, but you got to forgive. Yeah. You, and that's really hard, but you have to forgive and move on. You really do. And, yeah. and, and forgiveness isn't for them. It's for you. Yeah. It's so that you stop grudging stop yeah stop having that negativity um that's why i always encourage meditation and stuff and it could be in the many forms um, yeah and so you just relieve that negative energy if it takes you having a night to yourself and you punching a punching bag it it just releasing all that anger and get get it out of you because your child and yourself don't need to be experiencing that um because all you're doing is reliving the past and so you're never going to move on you're never going to move forward and i don't want my son to see that side of me i want him to see a strong individual who happens to be a woman going after um what she wants um and not care not um dwelling on the fact that i lost that relationship with his dad because yeah. we do have a good relationship now and i want him to yeah. see that that we don't have, you don't have to be with that person to have a good relationship. If you yeah. feel like it's best for you to separate, then that's good. And I want him yeah. just to see how happy I am by myself. We can't stay together for kids. It's never worked for anybody. Nobody's nope. ever been happy. It's never, ever, ever, ever worked. If somebody says it does, as soon as the kids are gone from the nest, those people break up. So it, it just doesn't work. Right. You have, and I don't think kids get anything out of watching their parents be grumpy um, and unhappy. They feel it. They feed off it. It's instinctual. You know how you. My parrot knows how I feel when I come in the room. So your kid definitely knows how you feel. Right. And it's also this layer of stress because they think it's all their fault that you feel that way. They don't understand the difference. And the best thing is um, that everybody's happy. So if it means that you break up a family so that both of you can be happy, then that's the best thing you can do for your kid. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being a part of uh, my podcast thank you. Um, because it's, it's just amazing to hear, uh, especially a musician, because I have never had a musician on the show. So oh. um, you are the first and I just want to, yes, and I'll make sure to put that on there too. <laughs> you thank are the first, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh. I will definitely share the heck out of you guys because I really Aww. like the style that you guys have and I'm sure you know, eventually you guys come, I'll most likely come to one of your shows. I'll let you know if I buy one of your tickets, I'll be like, I'll be there. <laughs> well, send me your, um, send me your mailing address and I'm going to send you a, a copy of our new CD. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you guys heard it. This is across the board. And, um, if you want to do your promotion, you can do that right now. 
Ah, awesome. So you guys can check us out at Across the Board Music, all one word, dot C-A. That's our Canadian websites. And uh, you can find everything there, all of our social media stuff, our YouTube channel, all of our music, all of the press, all of the pictures, all the links to Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Google Play, everything. It's all there. So just go to acrosstheboardmusic.ca and follow us along. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Join our mailing list, and we'll send you out some cool stuff. That's awesome. And I'll also provide the links if you guys didn't catch all that. So make sure to follow across the board. It was an honor to have you, and hopefully you you guys can join again sometime. I would love to. And I'm going to go and and, uh, walk down that rabbit hole that is your podcast now that I know (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good. You have a wonderful evening. You too. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you like the intro music, you can hear more and get your own custom beats by contacting me on Instagram at Music by Symphony. That's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. Once again, that's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y.